0: Now in the week before Jesus' crucifixion, he came to the temple mount and he entered what was known as the court of the Gentiles. This is the place that Gentile proselytes could come to worship, but this is all the further that they could go. What he sees that day caused him great concern because it looked more like a bazaar than a house of worship. You see, temple worship had degenerated into something other than what it was intended to be. The corrupt religious leaders, and when we were in Israel, we saw their houses. Religious leaders lived in these magnificent homes, and they were corrupt, and they were concerned with money and with personal power. So they developed schemes to reject the people's sacrifices. Then they would sell them approved sacrifices at overinflated prices. When Jesus saw this, he became angry because their actions were interrupting the Gentiles from connecting with God. And I want you to hear that part. When Jesus became angry, this is the only time in Scripture that we hear of this type of outward expression of his anger. He grabbed the tables and flipped the money changers' tables over. And he threw them over and threw them on the ground. And he he said these words from the prophet Isaiah. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Then he adds a commentary to it. The commentary is this, but you've made it a den of thieves. I wonder what commentary Jesus would add to describe the average Christian church in America today. My house is to be a house of prayer, but you've made it into a place of entertainment. You've made it into a place of social connections for your business. And it's really not important to us what he would say to others, but what would he say to us? What would he say? He says, my house is to be a house of prayer. But Steve, you've made it into, but you've made it into, you can fill in the blank. In Isaiah chapter 56, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice And do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let not any eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree, for this is what the Lord says. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, and to worship him. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and hold fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain, and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house will be a house of prayer for all nations." The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. This portion of scripture tells us this, that the Gentiles outside of the covenant of Israel will be included in Israel's blessing. And the people are urged, and this is important because this affects you and me. It's funny how things are important when it affects us. When it doesn't affect us, we're like, ah, hey, sorry about the flood. (laughs) That's tough. Ah, sorry about the fire. Ah, whoo, that's tough. Ah, sorry about the car accident. Hey, sorry about the factory closing down. I'm glad I got my job, right? But when it affects us, And this truth affects you and I because the Lord is going to open up the blessings of Israel. He's going to expand those blessings beyond the borders and beyond the limitations of just natural Israel. And because of that, he tells them, do what is right. Because the Lord is going to bring salvation to those who believe. Because of that, Israel should act justly in the present. In Isaiah's day, a righteous person lived according to God's law. And one of the things that we often forget is there were particular laws that God gave to Israel that were not applicable to everybody else. You see, there were those things that they were set apart to God. It didn't apply to everybody else. In Isaiah's day, a righteous person lived according to God's law. And keeping the Sabbath was really important in that day, in that time. It was a sign of Israel's covenant to God. It distinguished them from other people. You see, the other people were working. And wasn't it Nehemiah, who they tried to, whenever, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Nehemiah, when they rebuilt the walls, he said people tried to come into the city ...on the Sabbath to do business. And he says, hey, I'm going to give you a beating. And if you come back, I'm giving you another one. Now, I told you, we're not doing this. He closed the commerce off to the people. Because that was part of their covenant with God. By not working on the Sabbath, they were making a statement. They believed that God could take care of them... ...and bless them and provide for them in six days if they would rest on the seventh and offer it to God as worship. And all the other nations around, they were different than Israel because of that. That distinguished them. There was something about them that was, made them different, this, this covenant that they had. And one of the symbols of that covenant was their honoring the Sabbath. There were others who were outside of the covenant of Israel that were going to be brought in. And the scripture talks about Gentiles and eunuchs. You see, they were excluded from aspects of worship. And they were going to be brought in. God was saying, those people have a future with me. This is why it's really important. When Jesus came into the outer courts that day, the courts of the Gentiles, he was angry Because what the people were doing was keeping these Gentiles and the eunuchs from being able to experience God's presence. And he said, I want to bring these people in. They have a future with me. Much like honoring the Sabbath. When you and I pray, when you honor the Sabbath, when Israel honored the Sabbath, they would work six days, they would work hard. And on the seventh, they would set it aside and they would trust God to provide for them. They would trust God that He would cause their crops to be taken care of, that He would cause their, their business to be taken care of, that He would cause their needs to be met, even when they worked one day less. And when you and I pray, it's a sign of our covenant with God. It says this: It says, "God, I trust you. more than I trust my abilities, more than I trust my plans." more than I trust my schemes, and not in a bad way, schemes, but my schemes, the way I devise things to make them happen, God, I trust you even more than I trust my own ability to work. When we pray, we have faith that God will take care of us. We can rest from our labors as we talk about building a brighter future. I wanna assure you, there are many who are outside of the covenant now that God wants to include. Just like whenever Jesus came in and he looked and he saw all of this bizarre that's taking place in the temple courts. And he says, I want, I desperately want these people from all nations I desperately want these people who normally were excluded from Israel, I want them to be brought in. And he says, how dare you interrupt? How dare you stop them? How dare you do anything to keep them from being brought in? Because that's the desire of my heart. I want you to know today that God has a desire for the future of our community. That there's many who are out there who he desires to bring into covenant with him. And not just at Lighthouse Church, but at churches around this community and around the nation. There are many who have been apart or separated from God, who are not under the covenant, who are not part of the body of Christ, who Jesus died for. And he says, there's many more that I want to bring in. I have plans for them. They have, listen to this, they have a future with me. The Old Testament talks about the eunuchs. They were excluded from aspects of worship. They would never be able to come in. And there's people who sometimes we look at and we say, well, they've been excluded. They're on the outside. Surely God, they have so much that has to change. But God says, I have plans for them and they have a future with me. Friends, no building that we could build can contain what God wants to do. But for that to take place, you and I must pour a foundation, of prayer. And that's what we're going to do this morning and for the next few Sunday evenings. We're not doing it this Sunday evening, but the next few Sunday evenings in a row. We're going to have evenings of prayer. And this is, this is not for everybody, but this is a call to all who are thirsty. Is there anyone who's burdened down with a heavy load? Is there anyone who is heavy laden? To those people, Jesus comes and says, if you're thirsty, I'll give you something to drink. If you're heavy laden, if you're carrying a big load, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're gonna set aside this morning and we're gonna make this place a house of prayer. This morning, This place, God foreordained that my house should be called a house of prayer. And this place is going to be a house of prayer. In Psalms chapter 141 verse 2, it says, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. This morning, this is what we're going to do. It's a little different for us. We're going to open up our altars for worship. I'm going to encourage you to do this. If you would like prayer, if the Holy Spirit moves upon your heart, we invite you to come to our altars to pray, to worship.